Welcome to another episode of Founders Podcast. I'm your host Ash and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their strategies, stories and insights to help you build, launch and grow your business. In this episode, I talk to Michael, the founder of NDXN. Michael is a seasoned business professional with 14 years of experience and a track record of multiple awards. However, his true distinction lies in his role as the founder of NDXN, a company dedicated to advancing technology and innovation for neurodivergent communities. Partnering with University of Manchester and a team of scientists, he's leading the charge on R&D and algorithm development. Michael's unique perspective as an individual with ADHD allows him to seamlessly connect discussions on neurodiversity, cybersecurity, and inclusive recruitment. And at NDXN, they are developing tools for the NHS to instantly diagnose conditions like ADHD, autism, and dyslexia while also creating an inclusive environment for recruitment robot to help employers hire and retain new neurodivergent talent. His work is not just about challenging the conversation around neurodiversity, but actively shaping a more inclusive and accessible future for all. So I hope you enjoy the show. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ash, for this lovely introduction. Lovely to have you here. Thank you for the invite. Cheers. Thanks. So um, do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you, you would like to share with our audience? Uh, yeah, I've got a few, but I was, I was thinking about it, actually. And there is a one which always sticks on the back of my head. It was said by one of the co-founders of uh, Code Girls, and it's a push yourself out of your comfort zone, be brave, and do something that scares you slightly. And mm. that, I think that's what drives me to do what I'm doing right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, what's the life without a little, little pinch of risk, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a bit of a risk. So you need to be brave. You need to be brave and trust in your instincts and what you're doing is good because you're doing things for the greater good at the end of the day. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Great. So tell us about NDX and what, what does the product or service do? Who is it for? And what's the main problem you're helping to solve? So maybe I would start why NDX in the first place. Sure. <laughs> so sure. ND is an uh, abbreviation for neurodiversity or neurodivergence. That's why the name of the business is ND and then Axon. When you mm -hmm. think about what's neurodiversity, it's a uh, basically umbrella term which describe different variation, natural variation on the brain condition and what it actually is, what, who, are, who are people who are neurodivergent. There are people who uh, connection between the neurons works slightly different and those connections are called axons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's why the business is called axon. So uh, as you mentioned, like what, we, what we're doing in here is working together with the University of Manchester to develop tools first to address the current waiting time in NHS. So I'm ADHD myself and I started my diagnosis in February this year and I hit a brick wall. Uh, first of all, NHS currently block all of the uh, stopped all of the referrals. So 
it's uh, impossible to get a referral to get diagnosed. But if you had a chance to have one, uh, the waiting time is seven years. So it's a long waiting time for any conditions. So I needed to come up with how to sort this challenge. You know, not everyone have 1200 pounds to pay for the private diagnosis. So mm. it must be a way for this. So that's why collaborating with University of Manchester, we found a way. And how did we find this way? It's, I will then rewind a bit back. I was a director uh, in one of the uh, well, well-known companies. I was asked to open a new branch for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, my partners didn't want to join uh, with me the accelerator uh, dish. Uh, so I terminated the contract, did something brave, what scared me a little, and opened my own business. Mm -hmm. uh, and, on this, and on the same day, jo joined the accelerator. During, the, during, during this accelerator program, I refined first the idea how to help neurodivergent individuals get into work and stay in employment. And it comes because my experience, uh, me as a neurodivergent individual, but I also was running campaigns for, for example, one of the biggest defense companies in the world when I was running a neurodiversity hiring program for them. And that prompted me to think about the solution, systematic solution, because not everyone's got my brain, not everyone's got the knowledge. And at the end of the day, we've got 5 million working in the, uh, sorry, 5 million people of working age who are neurodivergent only in the UK. So mm -hmm. we need some systematic solutions. So I came out with an inclusive recruitment robot, which will help people, help employers, give them tools to hire neurodivergent individuals, will help them how to get into them, to get the best out of them during the interview process and at work, and help them retain them. And exactly the same for neurodivergent talent, how to get into employment and how to stay in the role. And mm -hmm. while working on this idea with our scientists, we discovered that if we're enhancing capabilities of part of the, or part of the robot, which we... Um, Part of the robot which, which was designated for employers we discovered that it actually will have a diagnostic capabilities better than actual human so yeah. also is very common in uh, neurodivergent communities first there's loads of misdiagnosed and false diagnose and this tool will help with that so outside of the fact that we'll be able to instantly diagnose ADHD, dyslexia, autism. We able mm -hmm. we also will be able to check the previous diagnosis and help people who are not sure or who mm -hmm. think that they're misdiagnosed. So I think that's in a nutshell what we do and how we're doing it. That's that's really interesting, uh, Michael. And I would like to learn a lot about it because to to enable our listeners to understand more would you be able to throw some lights and, and, you know, I'm not asking, you know, like um, Google definition or something. In your opinion, what is neurodivergent person's symptoms or, or how does a normal person know that they have some kind of um, sort of triggers so that they can come to you or go to a, a specialist to get tested? How does that work? <laughs> I think you asked a very complex questions. I can I can answer to the extent definitely for this. So neurodiversity, it contains loads of different traits. So mm -hmm. not one neurodivergent person is the same. And that's a challenge. And you've got, you know, things like lack of focus or hyper focus, uh, sensory overload. 
You know, when I think on my experience, I always thought before I discovered I'm ADHD, I always thought that something was off with me, you know, that something was strange, that I needed to adjust how that society functioned, that ma I needed to mask, ba basically. I needed to conform to how the society works, you know, to nine to five job, <laughs> to be in the office, you know, to try to uh, not be direct. Uh, mm. And you know there is the things which which start to trigger trigger my um, um, how to say it made me inquisitive about my condition if that makes sense. So I started watching more videos, listening to doctors and uh, HR people and other neurodivergent individuals about the, about their traits. So I think my biggest my biggest one was the fact that I was masking. So. I wasn't able to truly myself because I wanted, I always wanted to conform to the rest of the society, you know, to not stand out too much, mm -hmm. uh, to not be weird. And I think that's a, that's a, that was a massive thing. And when I found out actually that nothing's wrong with me, the only thing what's, what's, what's different with me is the fact that I process information differently. So, mm -hmm. uh, things what when people say uh, say a lot that you need to think outside of the box to develop something or to innovate something for neurodivergent individuals very often it's a default thinking so mm. i what from you would require loads of thought and you need to think to think about to think about to sorry where something would require from you to think outside of the box it would require more effort from you than from neurodivergent individuals because that's our default thinking. That's why yeah. our thoughts will be always different, slightly different to neurotypicals. And that's why it's always important to mix the company of neurotypicals and neurodivergent individuals for the diversity yeah. of thoughts. Okay, that makes sense. Right, so 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 let's talk about where the story actually begins. So um, where did the idea for this came from. I mean, I, I know that you mentioned about like you started your company with a little bit of you know risk taking um, uh, initiative, but what was the crux of the beginning? Would you like to share about a little bit about it? Yeah, you know, it actually wasn't as far ago. It was uh, just over a year ago. I was at the event Future of Cyber, where mm -hmm. there was a speaker from uh, one of the biggest defense companies, uh, Pervik. Mm -hmm. I hope she doesn't she doesn't mind me mentioning her. And she was she was a panelist uh, talking mm -hmm. about neurodiversity. And don't get me wrong, I heard about autism, I heard about ADHD, but I never heard the word neurodiversity. And she she was very thorough with the way she spoke about it. And I mm -hmm. think that was the that was initial trigger for me to explore the topic more. It was mm -hmm a few weeks after this event when i started recruiting my i had my first contract for recruiting neurodivergent individuals for one of the companies because mm. i found i found like i connected with i connect with these people it's easy for me to speak to speak to them i know how to speak to them so that was the first three that was the first trigger and then one of my candidates who happened to uh, work previously for the uh, home for the home office and change the way um, 
uh, and maybe differently. And he wrote the program related to cybersecurity, including neurodivergent individuals in uh, in this education program. And uh, he, during our con uh, during our call, he was talking to me about neurodivergent people he met, and he told me about their traits, how they work. You know, they you know about their hyper focus uh, that you know they sit sometimes for hours, forgot to eat, or. Uh, uh, the people who forgetting about something, or people who cannot cannot be in a, surrounded by so many different noise and senses because they got overloaded. And I was listening to this, listening to this life stories, and I, and the more I was listening to him, I'm more, I'm more thinking this is this is me. <laughs> this was more about me. And uh, when we finish our call, I remember came back home and I started watching loads of different videos. Uh, with doctors, uh, with HR professionals, uh, as I mentioned before, with other neurodivergent individuals, I start hearing for their stories. And I got so fixated. I think I was listening to all of this until 1 or 2 a.m. It was like a seven hour straight, me sitting in front of PC wow. and listening to everything to, to absorb all of this information. And I can tell you more I was listening to this. I was I felt more relieved. It was like a massive weight was taken out of my shoulders because I always thought that I was something was wrong with me and nothing was wrong with me. I was just different. And this enabled me like to, to unleash my potential, which then led to uh, in February contacting my GP and started everything towards my ADHD diagnosis. And then in April opened the business and doing what I'm doing now. Awesome. That's really, really fast forward with, with a really good story. And and when you when you had this epiphany, did you look into the market? Were there other similar products or services? Um, what, what was going on at the time? And where, what did you see from your research that encouraged you to move ahead with this idea? So first, there's no tools from the recruitment perspective. There is no tools which will which can help you to recruit neurodivergent individuals there is mm -hmm. now very common practice to do things like a neurodiversity passport or employment passport and then there is a couple of companies which are doing this mm -hmm. which is a very great initiative and i'm pleased that there are other companies who are doing this but it needs to be done more so it needs to be a way that everyone who recruits is able to know that okay this person is likely to be neurodivergent. He looks very good. He's, I like his skills, but what should I do to recruit him? So, and if someone doesn't have a passport, you still need some indication. So then I was thinking like, I'm not always there to do this for the other person. There is not always any other neurodiversity consultant who can help employer. So that's when I came out with the idea of an inclusive robot, which will do this for the for for other people who will tell them, listen, this person might be neurodivergent. Be mindful of X, Y, and Z while recruiting the recruiting him or her or they. And that's when that's that's how it came from. On the diagnostic side, it's a it's a slightly different story. So. Um, I think there was the fact that I ch I checked how you are able to get diagnosed now, and it's and it's nothing's wrong with the process. It's just how it is. So the process looks currently that you need to contact your GP, you need to fill you need to fill different forms, different assessments. Then you've got a long meeting with a psychiatrist, and then you also need to dig in your school reports. And it take this process. It's very long winded, and it takes time, and doesn't involve any technology. 
and again as well it's because of it's down to the person how they perceive on how they speak about themselves or how the doctor is able to assess it's cannot yeah i can i can see why there is a room for a false diagnosis there or misdiagnosis because sometimes we themselves are not able to properly describe how we feel or what's inside us mm -hmm. and which then gives a room for error to doctors because of we are not always able to express everything the way we should so doctor can properly do it uh, diagnose us so that's when i came across the technology like start start digging more what's 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 possible like what's going on in the market and uh, it started from me digging that there are actual tools which are able to detect cancer uh, i also had a meeting with a nhs program director who told me about uh, additional tools which are using ai and machine learning in radiology and the tool works in a way that in radiology you always need opinion of two doctors to uh, to be able to confirm that someone's got a cancer or not and uh, or what's going on or what's going on in the picture which 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 was taken and mm -hmm. this technology allows to release um, release the resources in terms of a doctor so there is no longer two doctors needed there's one doctor and 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 basically this ai tool uh, which works as a second opinion, which very often is more accurate than a doctor, which was also <laughs> which was also which was also developed. But what it gives, it's first enabled to release massive amount of resources because suddenly NHS doesn't need two doctors to for the radiology; it needs only one, an assistant of technology to be able to diagnose. And then I came out with an idea how we can translate it for neurodiversity, so we can use it and diagnose neurodiversity without again cut this long-winded process what to do to cut the seven-year-long cues what's going on there so so such a massive cues and the cues are massive because the topic of neurodiversity is more popular so mm. automatically more people start start getting gaining interest and finding out more about themselves and there's something sparking them, you know, there's this needs to talk to their GPs. And because of what's going on and more people talk about it, more people want to get diagnosed. Mm -hmm. it basically clog the NHS system who wasn't ready for this. It's easy to look at the number. We've got five over 5 million people of working age only in the UK who are mm -hmm. neurodivergent and two and a half million of them don't know about it and so we wow. know we've got two and a half million currently somewhere either diagnosed or in the pipeline to be diagnosed and we've got additional two and a half million which will need to go through this process sooner or later so mm -hmm. that's that's i think where our tool can help with this to <laughs> to clear this backlog to 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 to, to sort this challenge that's really interesting michael because I always thought that the long queue, so just, and it's off the topic, I used to work with uh, one of my uh, previous colleagues and unfortunately because of uh, unforeseen reasons, his wife was diagnosed with cancer. And then the the moment she got diagnosed and the moment the we, she got to know about the queue and the queue was around uh, I don't I don't know around six years or something. So in my head, I always thought that for more serious 
you know, sort of like conditions, you have more longer queues. Uh, but after speaking with you, it seems, and I'm not saying neuro, you know, this this kind of condition is not serious. I'm just saying that it's everywhere. It's all about how much resources are available for NHS, how many people need those resources, and then you just have to distribute it evenly, isn't it? And that's how these long queue uh, fills up. And that's why we need technology to help us out to to cure. In a, in a way, our whole economy kind of depend upon these solutions because the more diagnosed and result-oriented um, uh, processes we have in NHS system, the more working um the more working uh, population we have which will add to the economy isn't it it's, it's all dependent right it is yeah in- interesting and and i want to talk more about the business but before we jump into that would i would like i'm eager to learn more about the person behind this this venture you know can you take us back to your roots share with our listeners about your upbringing your childhood how did you your early experiences shaped your journey and eventually led you to become the visionary entrepreneur today? Sure. Um, so I think worth to mention that I was raised by one parent. Uh, my father died when I was 11 months uh, and I had an older brother. So my mom raises both. Incredibly mm-hmm. hardworking woman, uh, first in the family who finished the study. And I remember when she, fin- she, fi- she finished her study before she, before she had me. But then while well, like I was growing, she had two additional faculties she completed. So she always was very big on education. <laughs> What's ha- what, what also was apparent when I discovered I'm ADHD, she's ADHD herself, of course, never knew about it because mm-hmm. we live in a different, in a different times. But now we know that whole my family is neurodivergent. Uh, mm-hmm. my, brother is dyslex- my brother is dyslexic. I'm ADHD and my mom is ADHD as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was fortunate enough because of my mom was a hardworking woman. Um, I was going to private school for nine years. So I started my education with uh, first nine years in a private school, which mm-hmm. I think was a blessing for the ADHD person. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't, I wasn't a very naughty kid, but I was, I was a bit of a naughty, but because of I was a very good student, I was always mm-hmm. able to get away with things. <laughs> But uh, during during the school times, uh, nine years with uh, exactly the same people, it's definitely help when you're neurodivergent. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I was I was in a group of five of us when the, uh, our head teacher saw, saw the spark in what's going on in five of us. So the teachers were uh, dealing with us after school to pump us with a, in fact us with even more knowledge, and I was heavily focused on math. Mm-hmm. Uh, then managed to get to one of the best high school in uh, public high school in Poland, and then mm-hmm. managed to get to the university. And because of my outstanding results at A levels, I didn't have to pay for my university. I co- I went to the best Polish university, studied economics, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't have to pay for this. And that is a I would say, loads of hard work, but also a blessing in terms of how 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 it all looked like. Uh, mm-hmm. I started while I was studying uh, economics. I started uh, being a financial advisor mm-hmm. for one of the biggest independent uh, uh, advisory companies in Poland, uh, and I was there for four years. Very, very quickly promoted to the team leader, 
Then I was a branch manager when I had a, a whole branch of five people. We constantly been in re re recruiting. I was heavily involved in financial services on a private and a corporate 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 side. Uh, mm -hmm. Then I then I then I changed the business after after some time was was a actually was a director. I never mentioned about it because it was it feels like I was it was a, such a small business that it doesn't matter. But I actually was director first time when I was twenty four. Um, mm. but I didn't even tell on my LinkedIn that I was business development manager, but anyway, <laughs> uh, then, uh, I got, uh, then I changed, I was, I was living in Warsaw, but for a short period of time, I moved to Torun, uh, which is a very beautiful, uh, very beautiful, but very also Christian city in Poland. And uh, then I was the youngest manager in the, uh, in the biggest, uh, insurance business in middle Europe called PZU. Uh, mm. While I was there, uh, they they asked me to take part in some internal research, and from this research, they discovered that uh, I would be very suited to work in recruitment. That they asked me to take part in this research because I had the be the best results in all of the sales managers in whole business in terms of recruitment. So then they established this. In the meantime, I went to Manchester for a city break and uh, I met their guy who happened to be one night stand and then my fiance. <laughs> so I fell in love with an English guy, uh, found a job in, in, in the UK, closed, closed my business uh, and moved in here and mm. started my journey with recruitment since and it progressed from one company to another until I was in a read for mm. uh, three years which is uh, one of the oldest and biggest recruitment business in the uk and then during the pandemic i smashed all of the records i set up a precedence for the quickest career progression in this company in the most difficult also in the most difficult period for recruitment pandemic mm. um and uh, when it was all over the business forced me to work five days a week in the office and that's really, that's not me. <laughs> and, uh, so I left three weeks yeah. after. <laughs> uh, I left, I left three weeks, three, three weeks after. I got involved heavily in cybersecurity. That's mm -hmm. when my work to cybersecurity uh, came in place. That's when I first get to this event, the future of cybersecurity, when I mm -hmm. met, when I met Purvi. Um, then got asked to open open a branch of another business as a director now now in the uk and then i opened my own company and the rest is history <laughs> there you go well first of all congratulations to find your love in manchester manchester <laughs> city of love you know i can't i can't uh, uh, tell you more it's so lovely whenever whenever i get a chance to visit it i always always try to go there so it's really good and 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 i picked up some uh, some uh, golden nuggets from your uh, story when you were sharing and i i picked up the part where you mentioned that because you were really good in your studies and and extracurricular activities you always uh, you, but you were also a little bit naughty and you used to you know be <laughs> with it uh, so i want to i want to know more about like were there any key influences from your either like so definitely your mom you know very hard working supported you through throughout the uh, uh, whole years but were there any other influences key influences in your family or surrounding maybe a friend or friend's dad 
you know, that played a significant role in, sh in shaping your entrepreneur spirits. Do you remember any of this or? Uh, you know, it's, I think it's worth to mention that my mom, like outside of, she was very successful and she was working for corporate business. Mm. She has, at some point decided to leave the corporate world and she opened her own company. Uh, so I think I've got this entrepreneurship uh, sack with blood of my mom, I would say. I think I was, all, I was, and because of that, I was always surrounded by very successful, by very successful people and, and, and business and business owners. And I think that's, that I think inevitably led to the fact that when I moved to the UK, I opened my own business again. So I ran the business back in Poland. I think I'm, I'm, I think I skipped this when I was talking about the story. So when I was a manager in EZU, uh, and then when I left and I opened my own business to do exactly what I was doing for other companies on my own. And when I moved to the UK, I knew that it's just a matter of time in my path when I will be, when I, when I will open my own business again, just mm. here. Um, other influences so i've got a couple of i've got a couple of mentors which help which helps me with my everyday journey and it's and i think every month there are new people who contributing to shaping who i am to shaping my vision and i think mm -hmm. a good person to mention mention in here which helps me a lot is stuart colson which is my mentor from the university of manchester he, mm -hmm. he definitely helped me a lot and the whole dish accelerator program i wouldn't you would still want to name give the name because there is literally a commu whole community of people which mm -hmm. helps and there is literally there are other business owners other founders other specialists which i'm dealing on a day-to-day -day basis and mm -hmm. and they help me you know with with their knowledge with their vision with uh, possibility to discuss brainstorm ideas and i think that's that's the biggest value to have this community when you the community of like-minded people like i am now in this which really help with mm. the vision and where i need to go great great stuff so so let's let's go back to the business side then would you be able to give us a sense of uh, the size of the business where you are in terms of number of customers or size of team etc sure so uh, business moved into a limited company on the 26th of June this year. Uh, since then, we were able, I was able to invoice clients for almost £20,000. Uh, and that's only for the consultancy work, because as you can imagine, we're still building our tools. <laughs> so yeah. this, this helps me with the runway. Uh, in terms of a team size, we currently have got a team of nine. Uh, which is consistent of four neurodivergent individuals, three scientists, uh, mm -hmm. and a tech lead. We've got two additional people uh, down at the interview stage, and we need two more. So uh, that's that's how it's looked like currently. Awesome, awesome, and I'm uh, I can't say how proud I am that in the so small short span of time you have developed so many and especially the number of team members it is so difficult in founders world to get people on boarded with what you're working upon because see most of the people don't want to work with startups right because it's very uncertainty around uh, in the air but you know you know kudos to you to do that would you be would you be able to share a company case study that highlights how a company leveraged and the Exxon solution to achieve the success and solve their key business challenge? Sorry, could you repeat something interrupted for a second? 
Sure, sure. Can you share a compelling case study with our listeners that highlights how an organization leveraged NDXN's solution to achieve uh, success and solve their key business problem by by recruiting some neurodiversity uh, diversity uh, resources into their into their organization? Yeah. So, outside of the fact of as I as I mentioned, robot is still in a build, but it's based on my 14 years of experience in dealing in recruitment mm-hmm. and dealing with neurodivergent individuals. So. The best example is imagine imagine your well-established business. You probably have some software using which helps with recruitment, uh, but and then you've got in, go this list of CV. You've got these candidates. You need to select which ones are good, and you've got this one CV. You, you, you this one guy you want or a lady you want to interview, and you answer the phone, and you just something's off with the communication skills. And you and you would say no as an employer if you don't have a if you don't have a backup knowledge. So, what our tool will do we, when you will see this CV, the tool will tell you, listen, this person is likely to be neurodivergent. Be mindful mm-hmm. of their communication skills. Give them a bit more time uh, for response. Maybe write down the question. You don't know what's the story behind this person. So maybe in a previous employer, he wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, he wasn't able to disclose his neurodivergence, so he doesn't need to know about it. You just mm-hmm. need to be mindful how, how to conduct the interview process. But bearing mm-hmm. communication skill, on uh, maybe not at the level you expect, but the skills you needed are there. And mm-hmm. then, well, during the interview process, when you have this on the back of your mind, you try to uh, change the way you interview candidates and the mm-hmm. candidate previously said no you will say yes and what a change so when you bring neurodivergent individuals to your team you there is first of all the in the what's what you will see the increased diversity of thoughts that's what you will see but as i mentioned before it's a from default out of the box thinking so for me when i'm thinking about what's the biggest benefit of what we're doing here when we mm. unleash, when we will let people, neurodivergent people, to be themselves in the workplace, to work the way they would like to work, mm. then we will unleash their potential to the extent that we will improve and enhance innovation in every business which enables that this adjustments. Mm. So I would say that's that would be that would be my my case my case study when I was running a pilot program for. Uh, this is one of the biggest defense companies in the world. What I got told as a feedback is that I worked as a bridge between employer and employee. I was able to tell information employers which they weren't able to ask for. Mm. Because of that, we've got currently developed a, a beta neurodiversity passport, which mm. follows on this. If you are a neurodivergent individual, go to ndaction.com, fill the, fill the passport and attach it with each of your CVs or, at, or send it to your interviewer uh, just before the interview so you can have a gist of what's going on with you, what to do to get the best out of you. It doesn't answer your question. Yeah, 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 definitely. And and the emphasis on that the tool is not ready, but the the consulting services you're been providing to help your organizations or customers basically gives us the idea that what the tool is going to do in near future when it is completed with all the models and everything in the place. So yes, definitely it does answer my question. So before 
before we move towards you know towards the end of the interview i would like to know more about like i know that you have started recently the business is fairly new you have a really good team but would you be able to share with our listeners what was the challenges you faced in terms of getting new customers on board and then how did you overcome with those challenges or what kind of strategies you're putting in place right now to get more customers yeah so the first challenge was that i think on the 5th of so i opened business on the 26th the axon limited was and the axon limited was in place on the 5th of September, oh, sorry, on the 5th of June, I started a cybersecurity hands-on bootcamp, which consumed six hours of my days every day, every day. So my biggest challenge, and it finished on the 22nd of September. So my biggest challenge in this time was to find time to simultaneously spend six hours a day on a hands-on training on cybersecurity and in the same time developing the business. Mm-hmm. And with customers, initial customers, which I which I gained to date, the massive help was with the community I was in. So everyone knew what I was doing. Everyone knew that I had a limited amount of time, but we still but we still we but we still working. So there was loads of people who helped me, introduced me to the introduced me back then to the to the to our few customers who knew 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 about me, and I think mm-hmm. the challenge was time uh, back then. Uh, now it's uh, now when I when now when I've got now when I've got time more time currently it's it's priority priority prioritization and from the one side we need customers because we need our we need runway to to extend for as long as the grants application or the for, for full funds are received to be able actually to start moving much quicker mm-hmm. so. That's a that's a challenge currently. A runway is a challenge because we know, for example, that the grants from grants replied for the answers will be at the beginning of December. Uh, there is potential that they want to start in January, so we need a runway until then to be able to survive until the further funds are released. Um, so that's a challenge. So how we gain customers? I would say social media, uh, social media. That's a, that's a massive, uh, massive com, com of massive help in this. Being in a community, so the community like this knows what's going on with our business, what's going on with me, and where mm-hmm. what are the areas where we need help. And technology uh, as well uh, came into place to help us gain the gain the customers. Indeed, indeed, and 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 you know. All founders currently in the startup phase, especially in your stage, they are mostly facing this runway issue. So, but don't don't stop or you know get demotivated here because this is the this is the place where you keep running. And then you know in a couple of years you'll be looking back to this time and you'll be like you'll be laughing at 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 this time. Oh, I was talking with Ash on a podcast and then I was mentioning about. <laughs> challenge but there's nothing is like a thrift you know a challenge and now you're facing bigger challenges so it's always a good experience in in founders journey ash i can't even tell you how many times i'm telling this to myself <laughs> michael it's only temporary you know it yes. will it will you will be laugh out will be laugh, laugh out of this and yeah. like my partner who's very who's literally so so helpful and so supporting and thank god he's here because it's very helpful in the difficult moments and 
founders got difficult moments, as you can imagine. And it's like, feels sometimes like an emotional roller coaster because of so many things you need to do. You need to find new customers, you need to find investors. You've got million application to fill in. You want to join this accelerator. You want to apply for this grant. You need to contact this company. I also run my own podcast as well. And mm -hmm. this and suddenly you just realize that the 24 hours is not enough and where is the time for sleep? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I, I totally get that, totally get that. And that's why that's why it helps us to be in the community of co-founders or founders who are going through the same process so that we can share our uh, experiences and, and our challenges with other founders and then, you know, help each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. It's like... Every next partner, every next partnership is a slightly less work on our side because there is someone there who wants to help us, you know? And this is like a simple things like, don't get me wrong, I studied economics. My mom was in, in accountancy. So I was, I felt reasonably strong with finances, but when you need to do everything else, you don't have time to do it properly, yeah. you know, and the fact that we onboarded now an accountancy practice and they do all of this for me and I currently, so I don't need to worry about this at all. It's like a suddenly a massive weight again came out of the shoulder because there is someone here who can help, who I can trust as well. And there mm -hmm. is a, you know, things like related to related to uh, to investors, like suddenly tell, people tell me, Michael, have you got advanced assurance? And it's like, I had so many meetings with different people in Boston. No one ever told me about it. So then you can call your account and say, can you do this for me? Yes, Michael, I can. So yeah, this is, this is very useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Great. I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation, Michael, but unfortunately we are heading towards the end of the interview. So, so, uh, uh, you know, we should wrap up. I have a interesting lightning round, uh, for mm -hmm. all of my guests in the end, I've got six quick fire questions for you. So just answer them as quickly as you can. You ready? Okay. Sure. Great. Okay. Number one, what's one of the best piece of business advice you have received? Don't give up. <laughs> Don't give up you and trust your instinct. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Mm. I forgot. Uh, what's the title? There is a book which was uh, written by one of the um, one of the Newsweek or Times journalists, and it's about mm. uh, it's about bias towards women. Uh, Give me a second. I need to check. I've got this book on. I need to got this book on hand. I need to. Uh, uh, what is the, the? What is it called? The authority gap. The authority gap. Okay. Yeah, the authority gap. And this is a book describing a bias towards women, and because of we're dealing with neurodiversities, and it's it's it feels so relatable. You know, showing mm -hmm. like how years of living in a neurotypical or a men's world affects loads of different diversities like women but and that's what that's why i found this woman this woman mm -hmm. this woman who writes fascinating but the book itself as well awesome i have to put that into my reading list then 
Great. Um, number three, what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? Perseverance. Hmm. A lot of guests on my show say the same thing. Perseverance is one of the one of the things which you need to be a founder. That's great. Um, what's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? Yoga. <laughs> and as as bizarre as it may sound, yoga really changed the way I function. It's literally, I didn't even realize it's, don't get me wrong, I always trained a lot, but mm. when I swap part of my training for yoga instead, it was, it was a game changer for mindset, for the way you operate, for everything. So if you haven't done yoga, do this, try, try at least once a week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what's a new or a crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had the time? New business crazy idea? Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't think, I don't have any super crazy ideas when I think, when I think about it. You made me think, what crazy idea? You know that it it would need to be related to space. You know, I see myself somehow, someday, somewhere in space, be possible to travel. So it would be related to the space travel or something related to living in space. If it would be a crazy idea or crazy, not crazy, maybe far away idea. But yeah, yeah. that would be something related to space. Okay. Okay. Great. And last but not least, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? I receive a couple of times letter of concern because I'm singing while I'm working. Oh, <laughs> so That's a good one to me to, to receive that letter. <laughs> At least people are noticing you singing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's <laughs> that is great. That is great. Great. So, Michael, you know, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and unpacking the last uh, few years of building the business and some of the ups and downs. If people want to check out NDX and what's the what's the website and how they get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you? Uh, the best way to get in touch is either my LinkedIn, which is Michael Jakubiak, mm -hmm. uh, or get to our website, www.ndaxon.com com, which is ndaxon.com. And then you find the link to my podcast. You will find the link to my LinkedIn profile. You will find, you will, you will read more about our stories, our partnership with the University of Manchester. And you will also find the contact details to me as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today and sharing your inspiring journey, Michael, and, and the impactful work you're doing through NDXN. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Founders Podcast. Thank you very much, Ash. It was a pleasure and wish you a very good day. Thank you. Thanks all for tuning into this episode of Founders Podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Michael's insightful and inspiring. I will be sharing all links in this video description after we publish this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on future interviews with proven founders and industry experts. Stay inspired. Stay motivated and keep building.